0: we
1: Some yeah. of the uh, who are some of the uh, like funk bands uh, outside of GoGo that maybe you toured with on a bill like in the in the early <laughs> yeah
0: we toured with uh, we we did some shows with Cameo we did some shows with SOS we did some shows with Confunction. uh we toured with um, oh man. Uh, what's that um what's the name of that group Crews, Uh chocolate milk. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chocolate milk. Uh we did shows with Sugar Hill Uh I did, I did Grand Flash uh, Grandmaster Flash and um shows with Johnny Gill. I mean these things I've been i comment on this but um man, we did we we, we did uh oh we we, we played with the, uh, um what is his name chito puentes or something um
1: i couldn't hear what you're saying there
0: quentin uh this famous latin guy um uh we played with him um uh in france um ah what is his name chito puente or something like that
1: chito puentes
0: i think that's his name yeah um bad dude I mean, I think his whole family playing the band or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did you have fun uh, overseas?
0: Yes. Yes, man. Lots of fun. And if I had to, back then, if I had to say my two favorite places to perform, well, actually it was three: Um, Japan, Amsterdam, (laughs) and London. Yeah. Those like. Out of all the places we performed, and we performed a lot of places over there. You know, we did Germany, all parts of Germany. Uh, Netherlands. Netherlands. Um, we did uh, Spain. You know, um, man, places that I can't even remember. We, you know, we, we, we was all over the globe over there. But the places um, that stuck out in my mind the most was. Again, uh, Japan, Amsterdam, and London in that order. I never get Amsterdam because um, back then I smoked Reed, but I wasn't a big Reed smoker. And some of the guys in the band were like real pros. And because it was legal, I just thought it was, you know, be cool to just, you know, test my boundaries. And that was a bad mistake. <laughs> <laughs> we we, 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 caught, we, we caught the trade down for the hotel. There, I might up taking a uh, cab back to the hotel. Cost me something like $65 in American money. Because I was just too high. <laughs> I was too high. And I was like, stay away from the space cookies. <laughs> It takes a while for them to get in your system, but it takes that much longer for them to get out. I don't think I've ever been that high in my life, man. <laughs> I, I don't get high anymore for the record, but, you know. yeah, It was fine while it lasted. <laughs> and a couple of the guys in the band did not get high, but when we performed that night, they was high from contact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, James Avery and my cousin Dyke, uh, Robert Reed, he, he they don't they don't they didn't do anything. But when we let that and it's crazy because I mean when we was performing all of a sudden it started feeling like we was playing in slow motion. And <laughs> that you couldn't it was like the whole place, it was a fault machine. Right? It was so smoke it was hard to see the people. It was so much <laughs> smoke in that building. It was like, you couldn't even hardly see the people, man. It was crazy. But that was like one of our best recordings. <laughs>
1: that, that, that reminds me of the first concert I ever went to in my life was with my sister, and it was the Eagles in like 1971, Santa Monica Civic right. in California. And it was just a cloud of smoke in that place. And I got a contact buzz, <laughs> 11 years old,
0: from going to that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> But did you eat did you eat up everything you you saw? <laughs> because that's what happened with Dak and James. James is a very picky eater. And you know, they have the little trays in the back, little complimentary, you know, little 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 trays with the lunch meat and the you know, the little lettuce and tomatoes and stuff. Man, that dude went back there and like, I'm hungry. <laughs> he tore that tray up, man. Eat the bananas, the fruit. But that was kind of funny, man, because, you know, these cats did not get high, and they, they looked like their eyes was like fire red <laughs> from the smoke. Yeah, so <laughs> that was an experience idea. Like do you, you, mean, do you with, remember
1: roughly yeah. what, what year that might have been? Like mid-80s or? Uh, that was um,
0: around the mid-80s, yes. That was like around 70, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, around 86, 86, 87.
1: Yeah, so and you mentioned Island Records, and you guys were
0: with Island Records at that time. No actually no, actually we we no we was with Island Records like around eighty two eighty three. Um Yeah. That was about 82, 83. three. Eighty six, we was oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're right. No, that was that I'm I'm better should be I'm
1: sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: we both wrapped because
0: Out Records actually gave us tour support. Yeah. Yeah, they gave us tour
1: support. So um, I definitely, I definitely want to ask you, uh, Big Tony, about
0: uh, working with Bootsy. Bootsy, my man. Don't get me wrong. Bootsy is my man, 100 grand. I love the gap, man. You know, uh, but uh, Bootsy phone is Bootsy phone, and. Boosie Funk and Trouble Funk is two totally different phones. Um, I did not like the idea. um, I didn't like the idea of um, of Allen Records um, picking Boosie to produce the album. And um, actually, that, that, Caused a lot of friction between the members in the band, and for a quick minute we wind up breaking up. Uh, well, actually, I wind up leaving the band um, uh, because you know I got this thing about selling out. Before I sell out, I get the hell out, you know. And I just didn't think it was right to try to to try to sign the band. For something that they, that something that we do, you know what I'm saying, and then you find out you can't market what we do, then you want to change what we do, and still call it what we do, that that didn't fly good with me. So, um, again, Boosie Funk is Boosie's Funk, and it, it it just didn't have anything. But see, as a producer and a songwriter. I, a lot of people get their jobs confused, you know. A lot of producers get their job. You know, your job is not to make someone sound like you. It's to take and enhance what they already have. You know what I'm saying? To mm-hmm. take t- your experience. You know, if you hire me to produce your song, unless you want my influence on it, unless you want something, you know, there, then, yeah. My job is to try to influence, you know, to try to, you know, give you the best, of what you already have. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I just think um, the first mistake was they tried... Everybody identified with my voice. And I wasn't putting my voice on that because my voice just didn't match that music. You know what I'm saying? Uh, There were a couple of tunes that was produced by Boosie. Now, there was one tune that I actually liked um and i rearranged it so we can play it live and that was called trouble over here mm-hmm. um i rearranged it I was like, if we're going to play this song then we gotta we, we gotta I, I gotta do i gotta rearrange it
1: that's a title and cut I, title track
0: yeah mm-hmm. so when i played the song live we slowed it down and i, I rearranged the percussion in there actually it didn't really have any go-go percussion in here, so I rearranged the percussion, made it funkier, and um, and the music sounded. Not used to somebody walking in the studio and just pushing a button, looking up some stuff from a computer and pushing a button, and you know, yeah, it's like that's not trouble, Bob. that's a computer, you know. Uh, yeah. I got this little thing, man. That I used to say, it's a bummer if the drummer has to be plugged in before the party began. It's a sin. (laughs) Yeah. Come on, man. You can't plug in the drummer. (laughs)
1: There's a lot of that in the 80s.
0: There was a lot of that in the 1980s. Not with trouble phone. Yeah. Yeah. Not with trouble And don't get me wrong, I think that that stuff has its place. And even more so now, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but it's not what you do; it's how you do it. I'm a firm believer in that. Now, um, if you can, if you can make it believable, then I ain't got no problem with it. You know, if you can make it feel real, then it's real. But it's all about feel. Mm-hmm. Feel is what sells. I don't care. You gotta have the most perfect record in the world and not sell one of them if it don't feel right if it don't feel right people that's what people buy they buy what feels good you know yeah it may sound good but you know it's got to feel good people ain't buying them that don't they just sound good
1: it's know? interesting that they uh chose Bootsy for you though because um you know he was sort of his career wasn't really happening much at that point he stopped you know what, doing but- yeah, he was kind of out of it for a little bit.
0: Right. I, I, you know what? I think we could have gotten more accomplished. I think we could have got more accomplished with George. Hmm. Um. I think we could have gotten more accomplished because Boosie was, I, I love Boosie, but that wasn't, Boosie was, to me, Boosie was a product of the P-Funk. You know what I'm saying? I like going straight to the source. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I felt like Boosie was a product of the people. You know what I'm um, i I just feel like George Clinton, I think we would really have gotten more done with him because um, he's just naturally funky. He's just naturally funky, man, and, and he's free. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's real free. He's real you know totally free, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just know that I just know that he would have put that stuff on that thing. You
1: know? Have you ever have you ever heard the go go uh beat version they uh, did through Funkadelic of uh, Sunshine of Your Love?
0: I don't. Uh, I, I probably heard it, but not by name. I don't know by name. What's
1: well, the remake of the cream song, Sunshine of Your Love. The,
0: the remake of what now?
1: The cream song, Sunshine of Your Love. Remember no. that old song? I got, I'm going to send you that a link to that if you haven't heard it. Please do. Yeah. Here, now, here's something
0: crazy. This is crazy, man. Here it is. Damn near what? More than 20 years later. Bootsy comes out with a go-go song. It's like, dude, why couldn't you do that back then? Which song? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to find it and I'm going to send it to you. Okay. It's funky, though. It is funky. Yes. I don't know how well it did, but if you would've did that back then with Trouble, that was like an actual combination of Bootsy funk and go-go funk. I would've put my voice on that with them. Hmm. And that jump would've been a monster. This tune right here that I'm talking about, I'm gonna send it to you. This tune right here, if Bootsy would've had my voice on there with him, yeah, that could have got something started. Hmm. Yeah.
1: So you kind of took a break from the band at that point?
0: Yeah, but what happened was um, what happened was I, I seen the album not going in the direction that it needed to go in as far as what Trouble Funk you know, actually do. Um, and, and if you listen to the album, I'm glad a lot of people didn't get it. It was like one of the worst productions, and they spent so much money. It was so you could have gave me like a fraction of that money, and I would have did an album so much better. You know, I mean they put some money in this album, man, and it was some it was some bull crap. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I had wrote I had wrote two tunes on there, and they even tried to water those tunes down. I wrote a tune called Hey T Bone mm-hmm. on there, and I wrote a tune called Sexy. You know, and, um, yeah, at a certain point, man, they just, they took, they took and watered that down. I was like, I bought in the drum machine because I bought in the drum machine because I had created that beat, but I wanted to play drums because I play drums and percussion too. I play all the percussions in, um, Pump Me Up, you know, just for the record. Um, so I bought my drum machine in. And I, I laid it because I wanted it on the grid. You know what I'm saying? I, I, want, you know, I didn't want any fluctuation in it, you know, in case I wanted to move stuff around. So I laid, um, I thought it would be easier instead of laying it to a click track, just lay, lay the drum pattern from my my drum machine and then come in there and play with it so I can give it that natural feel. And I played drums and still smoking. You know, I played drums and still smoking. Um, so before I can even get to that point, they had, um, I, after I laid my vocals, they had took it and they didn't call me back in the studio. Well, actually I, I by this point, I just, I didn't, I didn't agree with everything. Um, so they, they just didn't call me. But what happened was, um, there was two trouble folks wandering around for a minute. Yeah. One of uh, what? Um, there was two trouble Funk's uh-huh. around this time.
1: Oh, one with yeah. and one without you.
0: Yeah, one with and one without me. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Dyke, James, Taylor, they, they didn't have a problem with what the label was doing because you know the label had sold them all this hype about how big Trouble Funk was going to be, and, and and I was like, we we had a we had a meeting with with. with um, What's his name? Um, the owner of, of um, Island Records. Um, what is his name? Um, I was. What's the guy's name? Um, oh man, I, I would know it if I
1: heard it, but I can't think of it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, we had we had we met with him in New York at this this restaurant called Gallagher's, and. Um, what the hell is his name? Um... Yeah, it's right on <laughs> time. But anyway, and he was talking about how, you know, he's gonna do this and do that and how he's gonna make everybody rich. And, and it was like... Man, i I'm from the projects. I mean, you, you can't sell me a bunch of hype. You know what I'm saying? So, I was like, you know, i believe it when I see it. And you should have seen the jaws drop at that table. Chris Blackwell. Chris, Blackwell. Chris Blackwell, yes, yes, Chris Blackwell, yes, and uh, he even looked at me like, <laughs> but, "Hey, that, it is what it is, you know." Max, Kidd, man, you can't talk to no Chris Blackwell like, man. Look, I'm a man. You're a man just like me. Now I'm saying what I feel. So I guess at that time, Chris knew that I, you know, I probably was going to be the 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 one that cause the problems or whatever. But, you know, it wasn't I was trying to cause any problems. I just, you know what I'm saying? I just just don't believe in a whole bunch of hype, you know? You can't sell me no dreams because it's my thing. You can't give me nothing that I can't get myself. All you gotta do is just open up the door. You know what I'm saying? I'm like Jamie Brown, man. Open up the door. I gotta do the rest. You know, don't tell me what you are gonna do for me, you know? The only thing you can do for me is open up the give me the opportunity, you know. Give me the opportunity to do one or two things: succeed or fail. And if you give me that opportunity, I will not fail because failure is not an option.
1: But wasn't it also right? It was right around that time when they were doing that Go Go movie too, right?
0: Oh, good to blow. <laughs> it's called they call it good to go, but I call it good to blow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was. That was another movie man but he spent a lot of money. And don't get me wrong man, I I'm, I'm grateful. I think Chris Blackwell is 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 a great guy. Overall, I think he's a great guy. But um he the try to do with go go what he did with um reggae is like nah, that that yeah, you know, it don't work like that. It just don't work like that, man. You know? Um, Go-Go, man, it's just, it's, 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 it's just a, it's, it's you got to live it. You got to live it to understand it. You got, you can't learn it. You can't write it. You got to live it. You got to feel it. You know what I'm saying? Um, you can, you can take a guy that has no idea what Go-Go is. And give him a go-go beat, and he could play it exactly the way you tell him to play it, but it ain't gonna feel the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's like that's like me giving you my ingredients, you know, to my collard greens. I give you all the ingredients, it ain't gonna turn out right. It, it still ain't gonna turn out right. It's cause... not gonna be.
1: It needs it. it needs authenticity.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you, see how the, you just gotta you gotta live it. You gotta. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things, man, where you just gotta know how, what to apply. the only way you can do that is to live that experience. You gotta experience it. Do
1: you think that's why yeah. I mean, I remember when they were talking about it and kind of hyping up that it was gonna be the next big thing after hip hop,
0: you know? Um, it, it was supposed to be the next big thing. As a matter of fact, if, if it was done right, uh, if it was done right, it would have it would have been the first big thing in hip hop. But the thing that GoGo was lacking, the the main thing that go go was lacking back then was good business representation. That's the first thing. The second thing that we're lacking right now to this day is originality. We don't have enough of it. You know what I'm saying? We are, you know right now. I mean, this is go go is. It, it, it's like, go go is like really really big right now, you know. We we it's official. We just you know we we, we just it's been signed. You know what I'm saying? The mayor just signed it. The, the bill passed the bill that go go is the official music of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. It's like New Orleans and all the other places.
1: That's Finally, big,
0: man. <laughs> so people is looking at us right now. You know, people is looking. So, what do you do? You lead by example. You know what I'm saying? You lead by example. This is why it's important, man, that Trouble Funk, that we come out with a, a blueprint that's undeniable with this album. And trust me, it will be undeniable. You know what I'm saying? People encountered us out a long time ago. Man, they know no old heads. man. They, you know, no overheads. They... They had their time, blah blah. That was the youngin' say. Now, these are the guys that we call Beltway superstars. And you been outside of DC, you know what I'm saying? You know, tripping off of playing other people's music, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I much respect to all of the guys that's trying. Even if you even if you're not getting it right, I want to commend all of the go-go musicians that's trying, you know what I'm saying? But don't come to me, if you ain't got no gold or platinum on your wall, if you ain't been around the world, if you ain't toured outside of D.C., don't come to me acting like you some damn superstar. That's the least thing I wanna hear right now, you know what I'm saying? Anything, man, let me show you, let me give you some experience, you know what I'm saying? Let me try to take what you have and show you how to make this work to your advantage. You know what I'm saying? I just don't think we come to... got to bring this thing together if we're going to be on the map. Because the world is watching us right now. You know? The world is watching us right now. And I think we're in the best position that we've ever been in in the history of Gogo. I mean the official music in of Washington, D.C. Very cool. We oh, try it. to definitely each other much, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, instead of pulling each other up, that's the difference between go-go and rap. These cats can beat on the microphone, but when it comes to business, they pull together and get that business done. If go-go was created in New York, go-go would be where hip-hop is. Mm-hmm just because of the structure of things. You know what I'm saying? We're, I honestly believe that.
1: Were you surprised when um, EU hit as big as they did back in the late 80s with uh, the butt? Uh,
0: no, I wasn't surprised because EU didn't write the butt. Yeah, you know? uh, uh right. Marcus Yeah. Butt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... Um, I was happy for EU that they was able to cash in, you know, on that. And uh, it took them a long way, and it's still taking them, you know, places. But the thing is, is that um, my EU is getting that show money, which is a good thing. Marcus Miller is getting all that writer's check. you know what I'm <laughs> Yeah. But the show slow up, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's good to know that you still got the royalty checks coming in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, I'm, I'm happy, you know, that we at least, you know, we still got, it ain't as big as they used to be, but at least we still got a little ASCAP publishing checks coming in. You know, from Drop the Bomb, Pump Me Up, and Let's Get Small, and all the other songs that we did. So, again, this is what made Trouble Funk different from all the other bands. You know, our original catalog, man, it's like, it's huge. You know, we have a very huge catalog, man. And, you yeah, know, when we're still getting paid and every now and then, you know, like I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing we, we, Trouble Funk is doing some stuff with Scott Van Pelt. You, you know what that is, right?
1: Yeah, the sports guy.
0: Yeah. Well, we're doing some stuff with him for, because he's moving back to D.C. So he won't go, go. Guess who we call. You want Trouble phone to do some, you know, go-go stuff for his little, you know, theme music and whatever.
1: That's yeah. really cool.
0: Yeah, man. So um, they know who to call when they want to get it done for real, for real. You know okay. what I'm saying? Not taking nothing away from all other that. EU, man, they've they been in this business for a long time. They're still to the test of time. And they're still doing it big. Rare Essence, doing it big. Junkyard, so proud of you guys. And the group Backyard, I don't know how much you know about them, Mm -hmm. but man, they remind me so much of Trouble Funk when we were younger. These cats, man, not a joke. But they're like the new old school. You know what I'm saying? The new old school. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um they're like they they can go either way. And 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 jump been around for a while, man, so they still they still forced to be reckoned with. Junkyard, JYB. Now, well, Junkyard was the fifth group out of the big four. They was the fifth group that actually came in right to the end. So, you know, uh, it actually was five. So we had this thing called the Kings of Go-Go, um, which is all of the, the lead guys, the Kings of Go-Go, uh, which is Chuck Brown, Lil Benny, James Funk, um Bugs from GYD, and uh myself and Sugar Bear. That's his Sugar Bear? Yeah, sugar bear. Yeah. These these are the, the, the original guys that still doing it, although some of the band members that came and went. We're still we're considered the kings because we are the, the figureheads of the bands.
1: That's funny. You know, I didn't even know that. But I don't know if you noticed in my intro, I called you guys the, the kings of go-go. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. that. Um, right. Yeah, well, but that's why I came to you too, like I had told you. You know, this show's had all manner of funk and, and jazz and R&B on, but you're the f- when I wanted go-go, I went to the source.
0: There you go. Yeah, so and, and, and again, a lot of people don't even know this, but um, and it's been televised and everything, but for some reason, they downplay it here at home. Like, Trouble Funk is the first go-go band and the only go-go band to perform for the first black president of the United States hmm. at the Kennedy Center, you know? What was that I, like? Uh, oh, man, it, it was magical. It, it, it was... Oh, man, it was like a dream come true, man. Actually, it was, like, beyond the dream come true because I could never imagine it, man. And I got to thank Dave Grohl for that, man, because... Um, they called me one day out of the clear blue, man, saying, hey, man, how would you like to uh, do the um, uh, Kennedy Center? And uh, I was like, you kidding? He's like, fuck no. I was like, hell yeah, i do it, you know? So it's what's really cool about it is, uh, and I'm going to send you that link, because you may be able to, you may, may, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I'm going to send you the link um, so you can check it out. Um, I got a partner that took him to edit it for, promo, for promotional purposes. Um, so, um, you know, so it was, it was actually me and, um, it wasn't the whole group, but it was me and the main members, my my drummer, my percussionist, my keyboard player, and myself. Um, and we played behind, um, the Rick Myers band backed us up, you know, with the, with the horns and all that stuff, you know. Um. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we did the rehearsals and the crazy thing is that what we did, we took a Jimi Hendrix song and we, he, they wanted me to take the Jimi Hendrix song and maybe turn it into go-go style uh, rearrange it go-go style. And it's called cross, what is it? Cross road traffic? Crosstown traffic. Yeah. Crosstown traffic. And, um, and, uh, you're, you're hearing in the link. So. We actually took that and played it gogo style, and uh, I and mean, there was a breakdown in in the song where where they you know let me do my thing you know, with the percussion and everything. So that was real cool, man. But we was among so many stars. man. you had Oprah there, Patti LaBelle, Donny um Stevie Wonder, uh, Will Smith. It was like it was just star-studded, man. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. Dave Chappelle. Um, Dave Chappelle. Um, it's just so many people, man. Um, uh, Mary J. Blige. Um, Common. Um, yeah, he yeah, had the what you call it, the. Um, uh, Tuskegee Airmen yeah. was there. The ones that were still living, in. they aren't there yeah. This was a show for uh, the the opening of the. The um, African, National African Museum?
1: The Smithsonian one, or?
0: No, the, 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 no, the the new one, the, um, African, African yeah, the African American History Museum. Yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah, you know, like I said, Oprah was pretty much hosting the show, so, um, you you get a good idea of who was there. Oh, yeah, Neo. Um, oh, man. Oh, uh, what's his name? Um, Usher. You know, yeah. There was just so many stars there, man. That well, I that's just, that's good... Yeah, it was, yeah, it a, was a great feeling, man, just to be acknowledged as one of them. mm I'm saying? So that just let me know that, hey, we did something right. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, um, Problem. yeah, Problem. I'm sure congratulations on that, uh, Big Tony. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching um, that uh, recent uh, Tiny Desk show that you guys did. Oh, uh, yeah. Man, yeah. you guys were packed in that little space, but you, yeah, you, you rocked it, man.
0: Yeah, somehow we still managed to get that energy, you know. It was tight. It was really, really tight. <laughs> but like I said again, man, you know. Like I said, Scott, man, we worked very hard to make this shit look easy. You know? <laughs> we we work very hard to make it look easy, man. Um, that was a challenge because you couldn't play as loud. And see, a lot of times, most groups, if they can't play loud, they can't feel it. So what I did, I rehearsed my band for a couple of months to, to, to learn how to play, you know, with dynamic control. So, we had time to adapt to make it still feel good. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, it mean? feels real um, good. <laughs> and and the, the biggest challenge was trying to fit all those songs, <laughs> trying to create the right medley of songs to go in that little bit of time. So, I felt really good. I'm going myself on the back, but I, um I felt really good about the medley that I put together but for yeah. the band.
1: Yeah, it did and, a great uh, job.
0: Uh, yeah, it did a good job, and and uh, the numbers don't lie. The numbers speak for themselves. It's like we way over half a million now
1: mm-hmm.
0: of, of, of of views, and um, it's crazy because Chuck did it long before we did. Red Essence did it before we did it, and I think the last time I seen it. Chuck Light like, had a hundred and something thousand. Rass has had a little over two hundred and something thousand. And Chuck did his like seven years ago. I think we're into our, this is our, what, second, third year? I think so, yeah. Yeah, maybe the second year. And we're over a half a million views. So the numbers speak for itself, man, you know. it just ain't no Funk like Trouble Funk. Simple as that. Whoop. <laughs> Whoop. Trouble phone ain't going to never stop. We're going to keep on Funk until we hit the top. We're going to do it like we did when we did it before. And when we finish that, we're going to do it some more. We're going to Funk you up. Hey.
1: <laughs> I'll sign that memo.
0: Yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir. What What was uh, Chuck, uh, Chuck Brown like as just a
0: person? Did you know him well? Well, in the beginning, uh, in the beginning, Chuck and I, we didn't really hit it on, hit it off that well. Uh, I was a young guy, man. I really admired Chuck, but I think, you know, Chuck felt like we were somewhat a threat to his music. And um tell you a quick story. And we, we was at, at the Club the Burn rehearsing one day, and this is back then they had to the pay phones. So Chuck Brown called in to speak to Ted. And, uh... So I answered the pay phone. Chuck said, who is this? I said, it's Tony. He said, take some of that damn bass out of your voice, man. <laughs> I said, this is the way I talk, man. This, you know, I always had a big voice, you know, even back then, you know, for, for a young guy. And uh, he said, take some of that bass out of You should be a football player Some You don't need to be playing no music. <laughs> I said, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. But, man, you know. Fast forward, man. Chuck and I, man, we became the best of friends, man. We became the best of friends, man. Um, a few years after all that went down, and um, and Chuck Brown used to tell me, I uh, used to tell me, say, man, I wish I could have got a hold of you back then because, you know, he said I knew you was raw and I could have taught you a lot, you know, vocally, because he, like I said, I I ain't no singer, but I can sing. Chuck Brown is a singer. Chuck can sing. You know what I'm saying? Chuck Brown is probably the only old school go-go musician. You know what I'm saying? That I would consider, out of all of us, a real singer. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this dude do it all. He can sing jazz, blues, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I see him as a real singer. You know? Now, don't get me wrong, I can hold my own, but I don't consider myself a singer. You know? No, I don't consider myself a singer. <laughs> See, I can sing, but Chuck Brown can sing. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. You know, certain certain people, certain musicians, uh so called singers, um, their voice um is marketable. And then you have certain people that can just sing. Like, um, in my opinion, like in my opinion, like Trey Song Trey Songs, his voice is marketable I don't consider him a singer now uh, Chris Brown I consider him a singer because Chris Brown can not only sing his stuff he can take other people's stuff and sing it just as well you know what I'm saying when you can sing other people's stuff as well as you sing your own stuff then yeah I think you qualify as a singer Hmm. you know Luther Vandross, he's a singer. He'll take your shit and make it sound better than you. Yeah. When Luther sing your stuff, it ain't yours no more. <laughs> and I used to call Chuck Brown. I used to call Chuck, man, you the Luther Vandross of the go-go. Because when you take somebody else's shit, man, it's no longer theirs. <laughs> yeah. You know, we was in the car one day. I was in the car with my, with my daughter. <clears throat> And my son. And the original version of Moody Moo came on. And my son said, Daddy, that man singing Chuck Brown's song. I said, No, Chuck Brown singing that man's song. <laughs> you yeah. Know? But Chuck, you know, Chuck take the stuff, man, and he's great at that, man. We can take the stuff and make people forget all about that song existed. Hmm. He was a gift great right at that. Yeah.
1: What, what, what is your uh, personal favorite Trouble Funk song?
0: Oh man, that's a hard one. Well, I got to go with E flat Boogie. I was gonna guess that. Yeah, I got to go with E flat Boogie. Uh, I at least want to say E flat Boogie because it was just complete. It was a complete song, musically, uh, vocally. You know. Uh, it was just it was com- just completely and so funky and as a matter of fact that was Chuck's favorite song Chuck loved that bass line when Chuck came off tour <laughs> when Chuck came off tour he played with us at the Howard Theater the old Howard Theater before they fixed it up mm-hmm. and uh he had the nerve to play E-Flat Boogie. Yeah. He had the nerve to play. Of course, he didn't sound like But he loved that song that much. You know? He loved that song that much. And, it's, uh, and the song was that I I guess he was like, okay, well, if y'all could play Bustin' Loose, but we would never, out of respect for Chuck, I would, I, 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 I took it as like, I was flattered. You know, I took it as a compliment. You know? Um, that Chuck Brown, the Godfather, is playing Trouble Funk E Flat Boogie. You know. But uh I would never play Bustin' Loose on the same show with Chuck. You know. I would never do that. But um <clears throat> he had a new bass player by this time, and the bass player had a five string bass. And you can't you 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 can't get no funk out of that playing E Flat Boogie. You gotta tune that E string down. It's something about the E string. Now you can play E String on the closed B, but it ain't gonna feel the same. You know. And this guy was from Baltimore, so he really didn't know anything about, you know, yeah about phone. Um uh, because what happened was actually Chuck Brown the Soul Searchers soul searches had kind of broken up and he got gotten a whole other band. You know. And you can't jail. He had great musicians up there, but they knew nothing about Gogo hmm. Yeah, at the time. So, needless to say, that was kind of like um, that was that was kind of like a disaster. And then on top of that, um, <laughs> the the ceiling had a leak in it. There was like a bubble. There was a bubble up above the stage. Um, but a whole lot of water and it was dripping. And why, when Chuck Brown started playing E flat boogie, it bust and, and, and the water came down on the tee.
1: That should have happened on Busting Loose.
0: It <laughs> should <laughs> have happened. It happened. And it, I felt so bad, man, because it was like that same thing happened to me though at a McDonald's. <laughs> people just say, man, you need to move, back because that thing, man, get going to buzz in. I'm standing there looking all crazy and stuff, man. That junk just came down, man. He was like, fall, fall. <laughs> I was just too embarrassed, man. You know? had yeah, a lawsuit right there. So I know what it felt like, you know. I, at least I know what it felt, what Chuck felt like. And Chuck didn't think that shit was funny, man, because a lot of people was laughing. <laughs> <And> Chuck, man <laughs> What y'all laughing about, I could've hurt myself. <laughs> he was a little pissed off about it. <laughs> and that's just a little memory I wanted to share. I, I could have kept up with to myself, but yeah, you know, he was playing D back rookie, that's why it came through, yeah, so clear. Uh, at the time when it happened. Um, but um but yeah, man, you know, Chuck and I we became really, really, really close friends up until the day he died, man. As a matter of fact, um Chuck had called me. I did his last show with him. I sat in with him and did his last show uh, with him. Um, he called me up, and he was like, uh, he said, what you doing? I said, nah, I ain't doing nothing, job.' He said, well, I may need your help tonight, and i not feeling that well. I may need your help, me on throw the show off. Uh, he was playing for some some big... um. I think it was uh, uh, Black Caucus or something like that, you know. Um, but it was at this big uh, place. uh was that joint uh, in Greenbelt? What do you call uh, I can't think that joint Martin's Cross win, I think. Oh, yeah. And um, so I came in there, and uh, I could tell you not feel well, you know, because Chuck never really sits down. He's always hyper, you know. And uh and uh you know he always smile when he's on that stage man he, he yeah, he does a good job of covering up whatever's going on that's that's the mark of a of a of a pro you know and uh, and anyway, i got again. I did the first set with him he he told me he's going to need me for the first set, so I did the first set with him, and um and then uh we took a break. So I was like, Chuck, man, you you good, man? I'm getting ready to roll out. And he was sitting down on stage. He never even left. He was sitting down, he's like, nah, hold up, man, I may need you for the second set. And uh that's when I knew it was serious. You know. So shortly after that he had some other shows and he had to cancel. You know, because he was just wasn't feeling, you know, well. And um he went to the hospital. And um uh, came back out. He called me and uh and uh he said uh, he still wasn't feeling all that well, but they told him he can come home, you know. He had planned to try to do the other shows, but then he went right back in a couple of days later. And uh he yeah, had a show coming up at the at the Howard, the new Howard. And uh that show was postponed and um uh, the second time he went in, he never came back out. Hmm. You know, so that that was, that was a that was a blow, man. I, just for that moment, it's like it just seemed like the whole DC just stopped for that moment. Everybody just stopped, man. I was crushed. I was crushed, man. It's like I felt like I not only lost my best friend, but my musical mentor. You know. Um, when it comes to this go-go anyway. Yeah.
1: But you're carrying I that, still, you're carrying that torch, man.
0: Yeah. I I still get a little choked up you talking about it, man, because, you know, this dude played such a big part of my life, you know, um, my, my growth and development, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I, I know you're up there jamming with some of the greats, man, you know. Yeah, I know you're up there jamming with some of the greats, so I think he's, he's he's in good hands, man, you know.
1: Yeah, what a great legacy he's left us all, too, to enjoy.
0: Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. It, you know, again, man, we all have Chuck to thank for this, man. You know, I honestly believe that when it comes to this go-go thing, we wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for Chuck right and that seat. You know, so I'm going to definitely do my part for as long as God allowed me to be on this earth to uh, to carry this torch, man, and carry it well, you know, in his honor, you know.
1: Well, you're doing great yeah. so far, I think. Yes, sir. Um, I'm gonna wind this up, Ch- um, Tony, but- um, <laughs> Yep, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanna ask you, uh, the what what are you most proud of accomplishing uh, in your career? Wow,
0: man. Um, I, I think there's so many things I'm proud of, man, but I, I guess overall, man, I'm just proud of the, uh, I'm proud of the, the fact that I was able to still maintain and be relevant after 40 years plus. that's I think that's a big co- accomplishment within itself, man. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if that's answering your question, but my proudest moment in my musical career is seeing my my mother, make you rest in peace, is my mother getting to see me perform at the Capitol Center. Mm-hmm. That was my proudest moment. Mm-hmm. Um, um my proudest accomplishment um in my musical career is performing at the kennedy center for barack obama and the first lady and amongst all of those stars i think that would be my proudest you know accomplishment
1: well there's some great high points right there
0: yeah man yeah mentioned that you know uh, got a chance to travel all around the world man and perform for different nationalities of people and um, and just have that experience and then get paid doing it Man, that's a great feeling you know I, I I've traveled places that you know most people can only dream of, uh, of traveling and 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 if I had to pay to go there I would never go. <laughs> so, you know, I not only got a chance to go there, I got paid to do it and and didn't have to, you know, yeah, it, it, That's that's a great feeling right there. You go go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go go there, man. You yeah. So, those are great memories, man, and it ain't over. It's far from over. I'll be 60 years old this year. And um, so I gotta do something real big for my birthday. I, I'm gonna keep you posted, man. I'm hoping maybe you can show up. Hey, you
1: know? I would love that. Yeah. Uh, how yeah. can everybody keep up with uh, the Trouble Funk happenings?
0: Oh man, you can um, uh, go to my, my Trouble Funk Twitter page, um, uh, Trouble Funk, um, uh, the official Trouble Funk um, Facebook page. Uh, my personal page big tony w fisher um, big tony's trouble funk page um, trouble, uh, funk music trouble funk, funk. funk uh, troublefunkmusic.com uh, trouble funk at yahoo troublefunk i'm sorry troublefunk at yahoo.com that's for everybody that's trying to book us we, you know, We're available um, to, you know for, for the, the um, the festivals, you know, come on, bring them on in, man, bring them on in. You know, you need them festivals, man. Y'all need that funk in the festivals, uh, especially the funk festival. Yeah. <laughs> How you gonna have a funk festival without some funk? Come on, man. It's unheard of. But uh, um, our website, troublefunk.com. You know, uh, we have, um, you know, we have the the calendar up. You know, the itinerary of all the shows that we're doing coming up, and we're adding shows every every day, you know. So, there's a lot of ways to reach me. Just reach me. Also, also I mean, hey, you know, for all you promoters out there, 301- 237-2975. That's my personal number. Go on me. Call me. You <laughs> need someone to talk to. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm... I'm yeah, you know, we're available, man. Trouble Funk is still alive and kicking. We're still knocking down doors. You know, what I'm saying? we we you know we in full effect, looking for some more parties to wreck, man. And yeah, uh, again, man, this 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 album is gonna be nuts. It's gonna be bananas. It's gonna have some people on there, some special guests on there that gonna catch it, the whole world off guard. You know, I just say to all my Trouble Funk fans, you know what I'm saying? Hey. We appreciate you for hanging in there forty plus years and uh hopefully we can get another 40, at least twenty. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. uh yeah, right now I feel like I got a lot of mode. So thank y'all, we appreciate you. And to all y'all up and coming musicians, you know, that's let's, let's do some original stuff here in DC. That's you know, Holly Big oh, Ump, you know, I'm here for you. You know what I'm saying? If you need me, you know, I'm here. You know, so Hopefully this interview will reach some of you. And I, I really mean that when I say it. It's like, you know, whatever I can do, you know what I'm saying? I, it's it's all about keeping this thing alive. Yeah.
1: Hey, Tony, man, it's been a blast. Thank you so much for doing the show. And just wish you oh, so man. much uh, continued success and and, and healing, you, healing up.
0: Yeah, appreciate it, man. It's been real, man. Yeah, it's been real. I, I definitely enjoyed
1: the uh, interview. Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters. Thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube, go to the Funkin' Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also, goodies here like TIR Quick Takes. if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along, tell a friend, tell family. This audience is growing and it is a beautiful thing all coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can throw us a buck or two, we could use the support financially keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the FunkinStuff.net website. On the right-hand side of every page, you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, I will mention you on the program. Also, drop me a line. Email me at scottg at FunkinStuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly, and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is your show, the true music lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfein saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one.